0: Hey, everybody, this is Eddie Dasis We're here with another episode, and we have a wonderful guest. And this is a, a professor professor from um, Fitchburg University and Fitchburg State University. And I think he's going to tell us a lot about himself. His name is Josh Sparrow. And Josh will have uh, this uh, opportunity to tell us about his journey and advice to our audience um, before um, we go further on this episode. This episode is brought to you by Dasis Facility Management. Dasis Facility Management, they manage your property with your services. Call them now 617 237 or go online at www.dasisfm.com. Dasisfm.com. Do
1: you want to maximize the value of your commercial property and achieve optimal productivity and efficiency in your daily? To day business operations, that's where Dacia's facilities management can help. DFM offers Boston area businesses help in key areas like building and preventive maintenance, handyman services, project and vendor management,
2: and even security consulting at competitive rates. Call Dasius Facilities Management now at 617-237-0106 or visit
1: DaciusFM.com today.
0: DaciusFM.com. Like I said this is this is um Dasius FM they sponsor this episode and we have another sponsor we're very happy to have them. This day design. They will help you with your website, uh, this day design. Let's go. With- Yes, if you're looking for a website, This Day Design, call the will be the person to call. 857 241 They will help you with your design, marketing. Please check them out, www.thisday.design. so we here with Josh. Josh, how are you doing today?
1: Uh, doing uh, wonderfully, uh, Eddie. It's, uh, it's it's great uh, to
0: to join you today thank you for the opportunity all right so thank you for being here with us we excited um, like we said we're always excited to have great guests coming in and tell us about their story let's start with divine purpose podcast divine purpose podcast which is no episode with just sparrow
1: welcome to the divine purpose podcast where we transport you along one of the more dynamic journeys of life have you ever been curious to know what it takes to become a successful leader? Or about knowing the secrets of life through the Bible? How about engaging in conversation where no topics are off limits? We will take you to new levels with guests who can help you grasp the importance of your calling. Now, here's your host, Eddie Dacius, founder of Dacius Facilities Management.
0: Yes, uh, like we said, we have a special guest. This is Josh Perel. So like you, if you if you're new to this channel or to this podcast or to this show, we like to ask like a simple question. Josh, what can you tell us about you? Uh,
1: Eddie, uh, I I teach international relations. Uh as you said, at Fitchburg State University, uh, Fitchburg, Massachusetts, uh, I've always been, uh, or at least I've tried to be for most of my life, uh, a public servant. And I I, uh, I really enjoy serving communities larger than myself, which includes uh, quite a few years working in the U.S. government uh, in Washington, D.C., mm. uh, in the metropolitan area before uh, our family moved back uh, here to Massachusetts, and now I, uh, I serve at a public university, so I'm continuing my public service in uh, higher education.
0: And we appreciate your service, and definitely, this is a great uh, journey. I'm looking at uh, the path already. I have a lot of questions, so um, let's let's go about. Um, what are the three most challenging event in your life, and how do they challenge you?
1: Well, I I, I would say that uh, the the three biggest challenges. Uh, one is just trying to be a, a, a good person and mm. a good a good uh, husband and a good father I have wow. uh, two, two wonderful sons and I don't know if I'd say that well I guess it is a challenge in a way you know there are always challenges uh, with family but uh, we have a, a loving uh, wonderful family and so I guess I would say that, that's the first uh, challenge uh, the 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 second would be I uh, just trying to do my best uh, in the communities in which uh, I, I serve and okay. as I said, I'm a public servant, so I I, I, I I love the challenges of serving communities larger than myself where you're really trying to help other people so that they they might help themselves, uh, you know, to, 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 to feel that they're, they're moving ahead, forging, uh, forward. Uh, and I guess the, the third challenge would be, uh, just looking at how, uh, to, to teach and to learn, uh, from others at the same time, uh, and to, to keep, uh, the passion for life, uh, always with uh, that high energy, but also be able to, to, to know that uh, as you try to help others, uh, you can depend on them as they depend on you, especially in your time, times of
0: need. Now, and thank you for sharing. And I think one thing is keep resonating re- is you're like a public uh, public servant. And this is what um, should be about. But let's, let's go back to Josh um, Sparrow growing up and what was his aspiration. So the way we like to ask this question is, what was your dream job in middle school, high school, college, and now? So if they are the same way, but if there's transition, so what kind of influence those transition?
1: Uh, it's uh, it's always a, a fun question to ask, you know, a, a dream job. Uh, I guess I could say that uh, I, I've actually been able to do uh, the two Dream jobs that uh, I've wanted, uh, um, one which and and I'm currently doing the second one, which is uh, teaching, and I always did want to teach at a at a college or university level, and to be doing so at a at a public university where I've been for almost twenty years is uh, yeah. is, is wonderful. I I I I thought I wanted to teach when I was. Younger, but I definitely wanted to to go into public service, and I I wanted to work for uh, the government, and I wanted actually to go back to uh, Washington D.C. where I actually was born. Wow. uh I, I, I well, it's, 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 sadly, it's now a long time ago, but yeah, I'm coming up on my uh, 60th uh, 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 birthday. You know, 60 years and. Uh, when I was born, John F. Kennedy was president. Oh,
2: wow. Okay.
1: <laughs> so it's that long ago. And I was born in Washington, D.C. because uh, my parents, who uh, at the time uh, were both public servants, uh, they, they had moved from uh, New York City to Washington, D.C. because John F. Kennedy became president. And president, okay. And, uh, and I and I can certainly talk to you about those early uh, experiences of how I got that that shaped me. But uh, really, in a nutshell, I even though I I didn't have the chance to to live in Washington D.C. for very long, just about six my first six months. Okay. Then then uh, uh, my dad was advised to go back to New York City because a lot of John F. Kennedy's uh, legislation. Uh, wasn't getting through congress congress okay so he so we went back uh back back to new york uh, but i returned there uh in 1987 uh looking to work for uh the government uh, i mean i had visited washington a couple of times before then but i really wanted to go to dc and i wanted to serve uh well in many ways as as a uh, as a civilian public servant, I want to serve my country, but I also really wanted to work in uh, the public world where you really are trying to help people. It's, uh, it's not about, uh, profit and making money, although
2: certainly, (laughs) certainly, you know, know,
1: making money is important Important, yeah. paying paying the bills, but, but I really wanted to be in public service. And so my dream jobs as a, as a government uh, uh, planner uh, and policymaker, uh, as well as now a a public university uh, uh, professor uh, well, I, I, I've i achieved my two dream jobs.
0: Uh, and thank you for sharing. And, uh, and hearing you, I'm like um, al- already forming all the questions in my head. So growing up, you said um, parent or uh, public servant. But uh, what was the dynamic in uh, in the household? How was it? So are you involved in sports? Or you, are you just... Some people sport wasn't in an option. It was all about books or uh, music. So what was it for you? Well, well it was all of those. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> uh, I,
1: I I should say that you know when I look at uh, role models, uh, certainly my my parents uh, were role models, and they uh, they influences they influenced me to this day because uh, my my mother, who's eighty five, is still working full time as wow. a, as a, as a public, uh, teacher. She now, wow. she now, she now trains teachers, uh, a, and, and, and helps them get into the, uh, the, the field. <laughs> so she's been in that for over 60 years. And you, you know, that kind of education, uh, push was right. Mm-hmm. Right. Part of the families. We were growing up around the dinner table and talking, uh, you know, about, all the issues of the day. Uh, my, the reason we were in Washington was because my father left the private sector, went to work for the Kennedy administration, and ended up uh, helping to create what became, in those days they called it the uh, Domestic Peace Corps.
0: Peace okay.
1: Because the Peace Corps had already been created, but the domestic version of it across the country, well today we we refer to it as uh, AmeriCorps
0: AmeriCorps, yes
1: and my dad uh, worked with uh, Robert Kennedy uh, to to help to create that, and, that. And, and growing up with the, the these uh, stories and and discussions okay, yes. and, and why it, it's important to to help people uh i i should tell you that i I always felt that i was very fortunate and that i could choose my path uh, for what i wanted to do in my life but i always was encouraged certainly by my family but also by friends and the communities around me uh i I, I love sports. I love music. I love <laughs> education. Uh, and I actually, uh, although I still, I can't, I can't run nearly as far as I used to do, uh, around, I guess the age of 13, I discovered that I really loved long distance running, running wow. and I, uh, it gave me uh, a really critical point in my life because I could, uh, I could run and i run with other people, you know, in track and yep. cross country. Cross country and yeah. I, I love to compete, but I just love to run because it allowed not only uh, me to get really great exercise and I could just go anywhere at any time and do it uh, as long as I had a, you know, a decent pair of sneakers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but, but basically it allowed me to think and allow me to decompress and allow me mm. to work through all the challenges, especially of, you know, teenage years, but also, you know, what did I want to do with my life and how, how did I want to try to live it? And, and just really cherish the opportunities to, to uh, well, go places like that, you know, just run wow. and, yeah. and, and meet people and, and see things and, uh, you know, just be able to uh, to 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 be with uh, communities, and you know, it's pretty easy to get around when you you're able to run.
0: No, definitely. So, can you tell us what, what what's your favorite childhood memory?
1: I guess there's there's uh, there's there's a lot of them, but what I said a moment ago, I think, really kind of gave me uh, my navigation in mm. life which was family and we were we talk a lot in the family and uh uh and so the the dinner time t- around the table, table yeah that 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 makes such a difference because you feel that you're part of I have a brother and a sister and that that you really feel that you're you know that's your 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 Foundation,
2: yeah,
1: and and from there you can you can uh, experience so many things which I I I, I've been fortunate to do. But uh, there's I don't know if there's any one memory. Maybe like I I said, it's it's that moment when I decided to join that community uh, uh, in in terms of running Running, or join the community in terms of uh, you know faith communities. Uh, athletic communities uh music communities i played the the trumpet when i was wow. growing up and so uh, some of my some of my heroes are the great <laughs> trumpet players uh you know it's just the and music and and education and uh faith in uh communities that that it it, it helps you especially if you feel uncertain at times, or you're feeling down, and uh, for whatever reasons. Uh, and that dinner table really was uh, a, a reinforcement False, yeah. of values and, and just ho- hope and determination.
0: And and thank you. And like I said, I really we really appreciate and our guests telling us, going in details and give us more insight. Um, the question usually have a follow up. So my follow up is: How important those memories are for you, and what role did they play in your life? Now, that's that's the main question. So. If you have a favorite memories, some people they can't tell us, you know, because there are so many. But um, that's the following question I want to ask: Is how important those memories are for you now, and reflecting on them?
1: I well, those uh, those the memories are are crucial. They shape every everything really uh, about what I try to do these days and just memories of the importance of family and the importance of perseverance, you know, especially when, you know, families are challenged and uh, now that I'm, uh, you know, able to help carry on the the generations and with my, um, uh, my sons, my wife and, and, and me and, and our sons, uh, those those memories of what is, what does it mean to be a good father? And and what does it mean to be a, a good husband? And what does it mean to, 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 to be a good son? Hopefully. And I, there's plenty of any specific kinds of memories go with it, but I think it's, it all comes back to, you know, feeling very, fortunate that i have a wonderful family and 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 now other families with my wife's family and just and and seeing my kids uh continuing to to grow up and uh my my youngest son is actually a college student at fitchburg state university so (laughs) you know he he's he's part of that community Community, i'm a part and he he always wanted to go there was the only place he wanted to go. And, uh, and, and, and what's interesting is both, uh, sons went, you know, or are going to, uh, public, public university, university. uh, you know, they're carrying on traditions and nothing makes me prouder than to see that. Just like I'm very proud when my students, you know, uh, go on and, contribute in the way that they want. And, you know, you can't help it if you're a parent, at least in my case, and you see your students going out there and doing great things. Well, you you feel proud like you would a proud dad.
0: No, no, definitely. And this will lead me to this question. Which of your accomplishments are you the proudest?
1: (laughs) Well, uh, I got to say it's a father. I mean that that one that one uh you know I I know I keep coming back to family yeah. these answers but you know there's it's it's really a unique experience and then if I've had more than once where you you know you see two two children your your kids being born and helping to uh, raise them and then as they grow into adults and you know like all of us when they fall down uh, <laughs> figuratively speaking now yeah. uh, hopefully you know can they get back up knock, knock, you yeah. want to help them but you also you want, want to, them to grow them and, yeah. and, and experience so i would say though that's that's the proudest
0: no no with you that will be and that's my case too so i have two a boy and the um and a girl so a son and a daughter. yeah so um let, let's think because and uh, you take me that's one thing i always say i don't know i have a bunch of questions ready but the guests are the one driving me to their journey so let's say it's like back to the future so now you finish high school and it's time for college. What's the process look like for you? <laughs> well, I, I I was
1: fortunate to be able to, to you know, after high school, to be able to go to college. And I've now had a lot of education, you know, getting uh, from college through college. Uh, 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 phd program because yeah. these days you know you need a phd to teach at a college or university yeah. level but uh i i was excited to go to college because i i really for that first time was able to move away from home and i wanted to learn and you know i i didn't necessarily go to college just to 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 get my career going i i i felt it, it was a great uh, journey to to take and you know I thought for a while that I wanted to be studying uh, history and maybe become a history teacher yeah but but then i I took a class in international relations and <laughs> and I was always interested in the world as well as our country and history but i I was really interested in what goes on in other. Countries and cultures and societies, and I, I wanted to, to travel uh, and and learn about what what goes on elsewhere and why yeah. it's important to us here. And so, by the, I would say the the eight. Teen month mark at college. I, I knew I wanted to go into political science and international relations, and I knew I wanted to work in the government. And so I figured that was a pretty good area on which I could concentrate. And I it, it, it just I just kept going in that direction. And I, I feel like I got a lot out of my time in education. Uh, and uh, I met what well, I met, I met my future wife at college. Mm. It was my, my girlfriend. And, uh, and I just, you know, I, I'm still in contact with, uh, some of my closest friends from those wow. years, which is it's almost forty years. Yeah, ago wow, now. That, that's uh, impressive. We're still, we're still in touch. That's I always tell my students, I said, you know, this, these years go by really fast. Really
0: fast, yeah. And no, you, no. You,
1: you, you, you snap your fingers, and it's, it's, it's over faster than you realize, you know. And they always roll their eyes when I say that, <laughs> and like I'm serious. And you're usually, you're typically going to meet. Some of your closest friends. I mean, they might be from childhood and growing yeah. up, but you, at college, often it's the case. If you have that opportunity, it's amazing, amazing. how wow. close you can remain with these friends, and some of them become really close. So, like they, they could they could become your significant. significant you
0: know, <laughs> You're right. No, no, makes sense. And but you said something that kind of um, made me to maybe ask you more about it. So you said you took one class and that was like the definite answer. So we we tried to call it and like a, you met, you, you embarked in your purpose. That's, that's my interpretation of it. But what kind of led you to say, oh, take that class? So before you answer, so I have my wife, she... She wanted to be a psycho, um, psychotic. She but she took a class in women' health, mm-hmm. and and then she became a nurse practitioner. You know, so <laughs> that one class changed the whole. So what was it for you?
1: How you know? How did I take that class? God, I I can't I can't remember specifically. I but I I often would take classes. Because I had heard about the professors, the teachers, okay, and and so the reputation of this particular professor uh, was really uh, well known. And I'd heard about, you know, his name and I knew that this was an introductory class. And I mean, the 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 subject of international relations was interesting for me as well, because I was interested in the world, even in, you know, uh, as as young as I can remember. Uh, And so things just clicked like the moment those first moments in that class and the way that he taught the class and this is a fairly large class i mean yeah. there must have been over a hundred students in it so it was a typical lecture class and thank okay. goodness i don't Teach classes that, that large. Be- <laughs> I mean, I consider a class large when there's 20 students in it, and and so, yet I still felt connected, and and what I found out was this professor was really for only a short time um, at our, mm. at our at our university, and yet he really influ- influenced me greatly, and then through him I got to know one of my many mentors my my undergraduate advisor uh, and he really then steered me toward at that time the soviet union still existed okay and and i actually became a soviet studies concentrator in political science and it's certainly an international relations uh subject and so by the time of my junior year in college. I was starting to study the Soviet Union and, and Russian history. And, uh, and eventually, just after college, I, I went to the USSR as an exchange student and studied Russian in the Soviet Union. That was back in 1985 in the summer. Uh, and, you know, these things changed my life. I mean, that's that's really where the kind of public service I, I went into in the government.
0: Wow. And this is great to hear because now, now you're telling me that this is one class. So And and I, I hear it from multiple guests that they, they, they took one pl- class and they were kind of flexible. And then they get to know their passion. So what is the most important lesson you have learned over your career? I
1: always try to help others so that they may help themselves Mm. better in whatever they want to do to succeed or to serve larger communities or just to find a a grounding for themselves, maybe a stability if yeah. they've been uncertain. But I always tell students that you know, I I want to help you so that you can help yourself guess, to learn better, to to reach higher, to see your hopes realized, your academic goals achieved, maybe your career paths become clearer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and. But but that philosophy to me is 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 always it's always been a, a a part of me and and I guess that's why I I I'm an optimist even in the dar- darkest of times yeah I, I've seen seen a lot of difficult things out there especially from my government uh, years you know just with how people treat each other and,
2: and,
1: and how there's so much, uh, difficulty in the world. And yet I, I, I I try to remain uh, hopeful.
0: So, no, definitely. Um, so before we take a break, um, I have one more question. So what is the one piece of advice you will give to someone starting their career?
1: (laughs) Remain open. To all kinds of possibilities, <laughs> but if you are, you know, really intent on a certain path that you want to take, whatever that career might be, whatever you know, uh, challenge you you might want to uh, to to try to tackle, uh, remain determined, uh, prepare yourself as best you can, uh, remain open to different perspectives. Uh, but I also use a, a phrase which uh, it goes back to an ancient uh, uh, politician. I mean, from thousands of years ago, uh, which my, my high school uh, cross-country and track coach always said, which is luck is when preparation meets
2: meet opportunity. opportunity. Wow. That,
1: that's a philosophy that, you know, you can be lucky in life. Yeah. But typically you got to be preparing Uh, and then the opportunities are out there. You just may not always see them. And then suddenly they're happening. But it's usually because you really uh, worked hard to get to get there. And maybe uh, maybe it wasn't easy, but perseverance and and determination helped.
0: Wow, well said, well said We're going to take a quick break now uh, with Divine Puppet Podcast We have Josh Sparrow with us uh, a professor at Fitchburg State University in Massachusetts
3: What comes before making a smart decision? Choices A smart choice is the best option which is who we are That's why our clients expect more from us and in return get more in everything we do We understand the problem That's why we thrive for excellence. We don't just create a winning culture. We aspire to be a smart choice, a voice for solutions. We believe in integrity, professionalism, and teamwork. Our passion is to bring results from our clients by working harder, smarter, and faster. As a team, we always deliver because we recognize your needs. Choosing smart influences us to be the best version of ourselves. That makes us different than other companies. It makes us confident in achieving our goals. It makes us who we are. And it makes us DFM, the smart choice.
0: Yes, uh, for all your property needs, call Dacis Facility Management 617-237-0106 or go online at www.dacisfm.com, Dassiusfm.com for the website so we're back with our special guest Um, so now I have a quick question before break I wanted to ask you is is there one thing you wish you knew before you start your career
1: (laughs) (laughs) again Eddie these are uh, are great questions Uh, well I I think I, I wish that I I uh, knew, and I don't know how I, I, I could have known that, uh, you know, that there were going to be a lot of ups and downs and, and that I, I was just going to have to really, uh, remain steadfast and know that, uh, of course I was going to have to work hard for what I wanted to achieve that, that I appreciated, but that, uh, there, there are a lot of people out there who want to help you yeah but there are also people out there who want to trip you up yeah. and and, uh, and 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 that's just uh what life is often all, about yeah. uh and one and you know the so the ups and downs you know it's hard for anyone necessarily to prepare for that i mean you i tell my students it's it's good to make you know a strategic plan you you gotta uh, be thinking at the same time that uh, a scenario plan might have your strategic plan falling apart Uh, if you can think about these things ahead of time uh then maybe you can you can you can help yourself to 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 navigate better but the ups and downs of life and you just never know uh you know what when that's going to happen and uh, I, I, but I, but how you prepare for that? I guess you just try to remain open-minded, and and you still try to remain up upbeat because even when you're you're down uh, yeah. on the ground, so to yep. speak, in whatever situations, and you couldn't have imagined how that happened.
2: Uh, you know I mean, maybe you
1: couldn't have have anticipated it. Can, can You know can you get back up and and how long might that take and those are lessons you can only learn uh with experience experience yeah and that's 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 life and especially if there's people around you who are are there to help and sometimes not to ask any questions just just help and and that's that's always appreciated
0: so can you think about one of um, your most important mentor in your professional career? Well, uh, I, my
1: my my parents are my mentors. Oh, wow. I, I keep coming back to them. And they're still my role models. I mean, I told you my mom's 85, my dad's 89. And, wow. and they're still alive and I still see them uh, consistently and and just sharing uh, so much with them. Uh, but when you ask a question like that, often it's in kind of a, either a professional journey or a career journey or a, an academic journey. Yeah. I, I've had a lot of mentors. I mean, I'm very grateful. I, I had any number of uh, educational mentors, but I had mentors in the government, uh and i have i've had i have mentors uh you know even in in my colleagues over the years uh you know there there are there are uh, quite a few i mean my coaches yeah uh, in in uh in both uh high school and and college they're they're my mentors uh it just as in many ways as as my Undergraduate and graduate school mentors, yeah. uh, but but my first bosses, uh, I've had a lot of bosses, <laughs> uh, and 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 I've been on teams where there have been any number of yeah. bosses, in, I guess the the chain of command, command. yeah, and, uh, and yet so many of them gave so much of their time and advice and and help, uh, and it, it it made me what i am which is you know somebody who really appreciates advice even and if I... I don't necessarily want to hear it at the time <laughs> and it's, it's kind of like uh i tell my students and my kids uh, you know if if you take uh, I, i'll always be willing to give you advice yeah if you take it half the time i guess i'm doing all right
0: oh no that's no, that's a good um way to think it to think about it so let's go in your first government job and uh, i see that you were a senior civilian strategic and scenario planner what was it about?
1: A lot of, a lot, uh, a lot of yeah. words and title, uh, and it's that was
0: full yeah, title.
1: That, which is why I like <laughs> to teach about strategic and scenario planning, which uh, is, can be very intensive for my students. That that was my uh, my my final job in government. Uh, I actually my first my first real government job, kind of beyond uh, internship level and part time. Work uh, was was actually in the Library of Congress, mm. and, uh, and, wow. and I, which was really fascinating. And I was able. I always wanted to be a, a researcher and an analyst, and so I was actually working on uh, Soviet Union related issues at the Library of Congress. Uh, and but I actually ended up losing that job because of a. Budget cut, and and actually it turned out, and I only was in that job for eight months, and I'm, I worked with some great people, some of whom I'm I, I still uh, consider my my close friends. But it was fortunate actually that I lost my job. At least the government, in a lot of ways, can work slowly, oh, yeah. so I knew I was going to lose my job before. At least some time before I actually lost it, so I started looking for another job. And uh, of all places to end up, which I never would have imagined, uh, the the Pentagon. Uh, I I I was not a military focused yeah. person, uh, and yet uh, I spent about uh, ten years. Uh, after those first several years of trying to get into government service full-time, working in and uh, 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 around the the Pentagon. And uh, what I was able to do back in the 1990s was bring people and countries... Many of whom were considered our enemies of the United States during the Cold War. When the Cold War collapsed in 1989, 1990, 91, uh, I was really privileged to be able to work with people who brought these countries together. Hmm. Where we actually, you know, so it wasn't about war, it was about uh, having militaries actually work together. former enemies one of those uh militaries was ukraine and Mm. uh, you know when you think about what's happening today in the world i've been i was working with ukrainians uh back in 19 the early 1990s uh so and working with what was emerging as a newly independent good, good. Ukrainian military. And you see just with the life and death uh, struggles of a country like Ukraine right now, uh, some of the people that I worked with thirty years ago, well, they're they're still uh, well, they're fighting for their lives. Oh, wow. right now. and uh, and and in those days, it was much more peaceful. We worked with the Russians, as well as many other countries throughout Central and East Europe. And because uh, a lot of my roots and my ancestors is from Central and Eastern Europe, and that part of Europe uh, has had a really troubled uh, history. uh, When you go back and, and look at the history, being able to work on it in the government as a well ultimately a strategic and scenario planner uh in uh, the joint chiefs of staff on the staff yeah of i mean that's the highest level of the u.s military and i was always a civilian but i worked primarily with military personnel and really learned a lot from them and about the military i mean so much so that my my oldest son uh went into the, the U S army, uh, wow. on his own decision, uh, scared his mom and dad <laughs> by doing that. But I can understand given yeah. that he, uh, he spent some of his early years, uh, in the Pentagon with me, uh, it, you know, cause I would take him around. Uh, so maybe, maybe that had a bearing, but yeah. I think it was also public service. And he, he, Uh, growing up around uh, the dinner table. Uh, No, no,
0: no, No, that's, that's a great thing and to see the, the, continuation of the legacy too but let, let's talk about because not every day i have somebody work at the pentagon so i'm definitely gonna ask some questions what was the what was the job uh, job interview process i know there's um security clearance people get so can you kind of type into the different aspect of the job interview well you you've just said
1: security clearance process and that's Typically part of a government job and it can take months,
0: months yeah.
1: sometimes more than a year to, to get the, the, those clearance, uh, uh, the clearance level approved. And that can be frustrating for a lot of people who want to work in the government and it just takes a long time. So I always say apply very far in advance if you want the kinds of jobs that require clearances. uh, I've always been very uh, lucky, Eddie, uh, as far as my government jobs and even my jobs at the university level. uh, I really go back to that phrase that I uh, used when you asked me, you know, what's an important phrase? (laughs) Luck is when preparation is opportunities. I I was able to get a job in the Pentagon because, as I said a moment ago, I was losing my job in the Library of Congress through a budget cut. But fortunately, uh, the gentleman who became my first boss in the Pentagon had worked in the Library of Congress 10 years earlier in the same uh, uh, department that I was in and we had the same boss. Okay. So he, my boss who, once he knew, once he heard the rumor that it was likely that the young people, the people recently hired, like myself, were going to be let go. He called, uh, the, the gentleman who became, uh, one of my, great mentors and my future boss in the Pentagon and said, we're, we're going to lose some people. Uh, at, at that point in the Library of Congress, I actually had my first entry level security clearance. Okay. I had waited over a year for that okay. job. Okay. I applied for that job in the Library of Congress, not thinking I, I mean, I didn't hear for a year. Any, mm. anything. And then suddenly, you know, I got a call and they said, are you still interested in this job? You know, your, your clearance came through and I was like, wow, I didn't even <laughs> know I was still. So I had a clearance, which made going to the Pentagon a little easier. Yeah. Okay. And so I literally went over for an interview with this gentleman based on us, both of us having the same boss over a 10 year you know, difference. Difference, uh, yeah. And, and, which is lucky, to say the least. Especially if one's losing a job.
0: I, I think uh, if you know, I if I put you if I amazing. could you right, it's it's preparation meet opportunity. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely, yeah. with a lo- a, little a little luck. Little luck yes, we, we 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 always got to be aware that. Uh, You know, if you if you can be lucky in life, uh, in those moments after, (laughs) yeah, during great preparation, but also I, just the opportunities and I, you know, that interview went well, and basically, uh, my boss said, "Look, uh, we we want to hire you, and I got plenty of work for you to do. So, so when can you start?" And I mean, those are just wonderful words to hear. the The same thing happened when i got the last job uh that i i did in the pentagon which turned out i think was six seven years after that first job in the, the, pentagon. Job, okay. the first job or six years first job started in 88 1988 in the okay. pentagon and then the job uh, the last job i held when i worked on the joint Staff and the Joint Chiefs of Staff was from 1994 to 2000, and I actually was working uh, in a job where we were doing a project yeah, for okay. the office where I ended up working. And I started working so many because uh, I was the point person yeah. for the project, and I I was actually located outside of the Pentagon at, at that stage in 1990. Uh, four. uh, but they put me uh, in charge of this project to help this office in the joint staff, uh, the European and NATO uh division. Uh, yeah, and, and I started going over there daily and I started working. I started sitting in a cubicle over there and I was working over there for eight ten hours a day, and and basically. There was a job opening there. And I said, if I'm, if I'm working these many hours over here on this project, maybe I should just apply <laughs> for that job. And fortunately, uh, they had gotten to know me from the project yeah. uh, with this other organization that had, in a way, this, this contract. But they were both government agencies just working together. And I applied for that job because I found out about it sitting in that cubicle working you know <laughs> eight eight ten, hours, eight ten eight. hours a day and then I got this new job and I could work uh twelve to fifteen hours a day in that job. Wow. <laughs> so it teaches you a lot about fortitude and uh uh you, you need to laugh a lot because the pressure the pressure the yes is incredible. Uh and I guess that's why uh, a lot of students think I'm a really difficult professor because I'm a very intensive guy and I want them to to do well. Yeah, but I yeah. have the same mentality, which is, you know, I want you to learn about how the real world works and I'm going to push you hard, just like I got pushed hard, but I'm always going to respect you and I'm always going to be open-minded yeah. and flexible. And if you can give me a really good argument, especially one that I haven't considered, I'm open to it as long as you defend your arguments with evidence and back it up, you know, and uh, then the ways I had do uh, running around the the Pentagon, just trying to keep, keep, uh, I don't know, my, my, my hair from ripping
0: out my hair. No, no, definitely. And thank you for sharing. This is great to hear because that was like my uh, curiosity. Wanted to really know uh, more about uh, your process about uh, getting that job at the Pentagon. Uh, Let's go to Hot Topic. So Hot Topic will be one question and I think this is going to go in a length because it should be a loaded question. Uh, Let's go for Hot Topic. All right. Hot topic is a segment where we ask questions about um, your field. Um, people don't usually have a chance to ask you. Maybe your student want to ask you that question. But um, let, let's go with hot topic with um, Josh Sparrow. So the question is: Let's say I'm putting, I'm like reading your mind. How would I see? Okay, I'm taking your glasses. How oh, would I see the world? How oh, do you see your world, the world now?
1: <laughs> I, I gotta dig,
0: dig In, deep deep, deep. No, no, I definitely. Know. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm giving you so a you're lot of time. To read my mind. Okay. How oh, do, as a, as somebody who's touched um, taught international relation, um, politics, and work at the government, public servant. How oh, do you see the world now?
1: It, extremely complicated, uh, it, I, and it's always been complicated. The world, uh, there's so many problems. There's so much difficulty and devastation, uh, and yet, to, there has to be hope. And and I always that's I, that's what I'm always thinking about. And I'm always thinking about, you know, there may not be. Uh, a hundred percent solution to a problem, but how, how do we come up with problem solving? And that's, and that always comes down to this decision-making, which is really what I teach about and what I certainly did, you know, when I was in government, uh, but it's also about power. How is power used? Can it be used wisely and peacefully, not just, uh, you know, uh, violently and harmfully. And, and that's, you know, that's the world. The world is, is, is about power and how people treat each other. And the study of political science is the study of power and especially how power gets used, which is about decision-making. So if you try to look at my brain at any particular moment of any particular day, I'm always looking at what's the power dimension of this and this part of the world. And why are they, why is this country doing this or how's this international organization trying to, to handle uh, this issue? Uh, Why can't these people find common ground and, and, and look at uh, compromise as the art of the possible, not, you know, somebody giving something up and, Somebody taking something away, you know, compromises should be should be a positive where you got to work together and you got to find common ground. And it's really difficult, you know, when wars are happening or pandemics are 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 part of our lives. And what 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 can we do, uh, uh, you know, to try to understand it better?
0: Wow, (laughs) well said, well said. So I don't know if you know anything about Haiti, but I'm Haitian, and I do. What do you? What do you? How do you see Haiti? Because uh, I'm 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 biased. I'm will be (laughs) biased, but um but um I would like to kind of. Have the opportunity. It would be unfair to to you, to me, to not even ask you that question as a professor and who uh, who study political, uh, who taught, who's teaching political science and and, and international relationship relations uh, among countries. So, what can you tell us about Haiti?
1: Well, th- thank you for bringing that up. And this is, this is your heritage. These are your roots. And, yes. uh, and, and, and I really appreciate that, you know, cause like I was saying to you a moment ago, my, my roots in central East Europe from families from over a century ago coming to the United States, uh, my wife's family in some respects coming here uh, more recently, uh, we're all immigrants and I uh, oftentimes we're, we're trying to, 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 to get away from difficult situations. Uh, I've had really the, 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 pleasure of having some students who are from Haiti. Yeah. Uh, and so, and they were in Haiti at really difficult times, especially
0: uh, was it the,
1: the earthquake? The earthquake doesn't do. 10 and uh, exactly. And Sam, and one of, one of my Really, best students. She, uh, she survived that earthquake and she saw a lot of the devastation. And she was still quite young as before she came to the United States. Uh, and she really struggled in my classes in the early going because yeah. I'm an intensive guy and I have I I really push my students hard. But she she really uh, stuck with it and she became. Uh, a really great student and she studied in France her junior year uh, and uh, she she got internships where she was helping the Haitian community not yeah. only in the Boston region but also back home uh, I, I really appreciate not only what she taught me about Haiti in particular just from, her family's traditions, and uh the culture and the history. But you know, the more I've studied Haiti, the more you you see just how determined through so much difficulty the Haitian people have been over the centuries. I mean, th- this is an independent country, country that's, yeah. that's fought for uh not only its values and its, and its sovereignty and its independence, but it's, it's, it's also freed itself from enslavement. And what's, what's really, it's, it's sad when, you know, other countries, including the United States, uh, haven't treated Haiti with the dig- dignity and respect and independence it often deserves. But like I, w- we've been discussing, you know, you got to help people so that they can help, them help themselves better. Help. And when you have earthquakes and when you have hurricanes and when you're right in the eye of so many storms, just because of the geography, yeah. uh, in the Caribbean, it's rough yeah. down there in terms of just, the, the natural disasters that happen, let alone just trying to have governments that the people can believe in, that yes, that, that's the,
0: that's one you know, the big one the big all, part, yeah,
1: yeah, corruption, which is yes. which is, which all, is over, all over, all over, all over. Uh, and yet, I always have great hope for Haiti, and the great thing is about the Haitian community up in Massachusetts. It's a strong community. Just yeah. like we we've had I mean the population's growing in a in the Boston and uh Cambridge region.
0: Yeah, Cambridge, it's, yeah. It's really
1: great. Uh I, a lot of our students uh, are 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 really first <laughs> and second generation college students college student, coming yeah. from these communities. Yeah. Uh, I got a lot of uh Dominican Republic yeah 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 uh, cuban american uh, haitian i mean you know you start looking at that region uh, of of the countries in that region and 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 just the determination of students to get the degree especially from college and and they they help their families you know especially first generation students they know this they going to school full time they're usually working full, full time, time yeah especially at a at a public you know, state university like Fitchburg state and they're helping out families Family. not no. only here but no. often back home and that's that's the best i mean how how can you ask more of someone and they're usually really grounded in their in faith and community uh religion uh i i should tell you that that my wife is a, a minister okay uh, and so wow. you know, faith, faith is, is, is... she's she serving public communities yeah. you know of the community with the congregation and she's got uh, an, a wonderful flock of uh, in her congregation and you know it's you know these things are important and uh Yeah, I know you asked about Haiti, and I hope I've given you some.
0: No, you definitely, definitely uh, did a good job. Um, Wow, this is amazing, and this is beyond what I imagined to happen in terms of where this conversation will go and the journey you took us. And I think the our uh, our audience will really appreciate it. Last word for you, Josh.
1: Well, Eddie, uh, I know in some of the the prep for today's uh, show, uh, I thought I saw a, a question of, you know, what question you know should you have asked me?
2: Yes, <laughs>
1: so so I'm gonna help you with that. Uh, thank is, you. Which is uh, Eddie, why didn't you ask me what my last name means? <laughs> I'm saying this you know yeah. with some humor because uh, my, my last name means one of those words behind you. Hope. Hope, wow. And cause Spiro means hope. And you can look up the Latin phrase, which is doom Spiro Spiro. And the first Spiro is S-P-I-R-O, which is yeah. my name. But that means doom Spiro Ooh. with an I means while I breathe. And then the second Spiro with an E means
0: I oh, hope. hope. And wow, so that's.
1: Uh, I figured that's a, a <laughs> nice way to end uh, your wonderful. No, that's
2: show.
1: A,
0: no, that's the best way to to do it, and I really appreciate it. We should have you back because uh, there's so much questions we should have asked you today, but um, we've limited of time. We we know you're a busy man, so definitely um, let us know who would you like to have as a guest, and your wife is welcome. Is she up to it? You know, anybody in your circle um, they, um, they, uh, they should be welcome if, if that's something they would like to do. Josh, really uh, appreciate it and let's keep hope hoping.
1: Let's keep hope uh, alive and strong. Eddie, thank you for uh, this wonderful opportunity. I appreciate it. I look forward to staying in contact
0: no definitely this is Eddie Dazfield with Divine Vampire Podcast we excited this was um Josh Sparrow and he really went in length talking about his journey and him being a public servant um Josh thank you appreciate it
1: thanks again and all the best